General Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> Although that's not the movie we're doing, but hi everybody. Welcome to the Spouse Selection Podcast, Season 1, Episode 4. Hey there, uh, I'm Erin, I'm the wife. And I'm Rich, I'm the husband. And this week we are doing, or I should say this episode rather, <laughs> we are going to have Rich sit and watch the 1996 Ewan McGregor, uh, I guess grunge film, sort of? Sit and watch, you don't make it, me, you don't make it sound like I'm going to enjoy this one. No, I think you will. It's just sad. Uh, and that movie is Train oh Spotting. Train Spotting. Yeah. That has the luscious Ewan McGregor. Mm, he is very luscious. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, spoiler uh, Ewan McGregor is Obi. I guess this isn't really a spoiler, but he's Obi Wan Kenobi in Star Wars, and that's why Rich felt it necessary to um, do the intro that way. <laughs> spoiler for a movie that came out like 20 years ago. Mm hmm. Well, this movie also came out, uh, yeah, 20 years ago. We was riding high on Star Wars fame and decided to do something a little bit more down to earth. A little more serious. A little something not in a galaxy far, far away. Mm-mm. Okay. Nope. Just in Scotland. It <laughs> kind of is a galaxy <laughs> far, far away, I guess, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Good yeah. thing we have, we have subtitles on. We are a subtitles on family. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, we are. Because most of the time when we're watching anything, we're probably eating something. And it's hard to hear over the sound of crunching. <laughs> oh, is that the reason you had the subtitles on? Yes. Wow. <laughs> See, I've always just, I've just come to like, I've just come to like the subtitles since we've started, like, since we've been together. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of the times I'll just like, get really high and then eat something and uh and then i can't hear what i'm listening to or watching and so i put the subtitles on so i don't miss anything important fair enough mm-hmm. all right yeah so you have a summary of the movie train spotting i do okay are you ready i am all right ewan mcgregor and his friends experience an honestly realistic portrayal of heroin addiction also ewan mcgregor fucks a minor Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this movie is kind of sad. It's like... All right. It's not going to, like, make you depressed or anything. It's just like... God, I hope not. No. it's You're just going to be like, wow, shit. But also, Ewan McGregor's super hot, so that's distracting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think I'm just going to get, like, the this is pretty sad effect, huh? Pretty much. Okay. I mean, unless you secretly have a thing for Ewan McGregor, but... No. No? You, he did a good job as Obi-Wan, though. Hell yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm... I don't know. I, I can't tell if I'm, like, looking forward to watching this movie or, like, not. I'm interested to see this one, I guess. I, I've always been interested. I just haven't. I think... I can't remember if this was featured in, like, a in the film class that I had in high school. Because um, we had an intro to film class in high school. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And um, I think they watched Train Spotting, but I think I skipped that week or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, <laughs> that happened to me with, like, a Clockwork Orange, too. I, like, I, I just watched, like, the first, like, third of Clockwork Orange and was like, yeah, I'm gonna... I think I'm, I'm done for the week. I'm, I'm gonna take a break from... <laughs> School for the week. Mom, I got a cough. (laughs) (laughs) 
Have you ever seen Requiem for a Dream? Mm-mm. Okay, this is that's. That's not the song. Yeah. Da-da. I don't want to get copyright stricken. <laughs> that's all you're getting, everybody. <laughs> you know the one. Mm-hmm. Um. So we'll have to maybe add that to this list. But the first time that I saw it, I didn't watch it all the way through, but I watched it in psychology class um, in high school, and I had to, like, leave the room because it was too graphic for me. I was like, nope, can't do it. Unbelievable. Yeah, but it's a great movie. Um, But, yeah, no, this movie, Train Spotting, is one of my favorite movies, and I think you'll probably see why. Okay. (laughs) I'm very interested to watch it then. Yeah. Yeah. with that, I guess we should move on and uh, get to watching. Yeah, we're going to go spot trains, y'all. <laughs> that, that's what this movie's about, though, right? You said it's about, what's that, his friend and his friends, a realistic portrayal of heroin addiction, but, like, is that, be, is that like, an allegory for the fact that they're addicted to watching trains? Like, are they just, like, real, they're, like, like rail fans? You're going to have to find out. I'm not going to spoil anything. You know, rail fanning is a respectable hobby, so I don't know if you're... Is that actually a thing? Yes. Really? Yes, rail fanning, yes. Okay, well, People then People go we're... to, like, where trains, like, go by, and they, like, they know, like, the schedule and stuff, just like how the boat nerds are a thing. Okay. There's, like, people, there's, like, a, a gaggle of people will gather to, like, take pictures of, like, trains as they go by, just like they do for, like, boats coming in the harbor and stuff. Okay, that's wild. Yeah. All right, so we're going to wa- go watch Train Spotting, and I'm also going to look up this, what did you call it? Rail? Rail fanning. Rail fanning. I'm going to look it up because so I... So my friends were rail fans. Our rail what? fans, I should say. Yes. Who? Max Hamburger, who's now, I think, in the University of Montana, Bozeman. I think. He's okay. out that way. My buddy Kelly Glasgott, who flies planes in Alaska. Damn. Yeah. You have yeah. such cool friends. Hey, they are really cool. That is that is true. Well, we're going to go watch... Shout them. out to those guys, though. I haven't talked to them in a while. Shout out. Shout out. If you listen to this, then my God, really shout out. Like, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your friends. <laughs> All right. Without further ado, though, we are going to move on to actually watching this for your movie. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll have some opinions about rail fanning. All right. Uh, we'll see you guys after this quick break. All right, so we just finished watching Train Spotting. So, what did you think? Uh, really, like, definitely a a lot of ups and downs in this movie. That's for sure. Mostly downs. Yeah, it's definitely mm. a sad movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was just a rough one. I liked it, though, I think I would say. Yeah? Yeah, I'll give you my more, like, thought-filed score later on, but I did like it. Okay. Um, Just a complex and definitely, like you say, a sad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there were just some, like, moments in it, too, that were, you know, just really, like, rough. Just off, the, I mean, like, yeah, I, what specifically? Rip, I'm gonna rip the bandaid off. Yeah, like the the scene where Dawn, the baby, um, is found dead in the crib, basically. Yeah. Really, really tough. Yeah. And I know, like, oh, it's very cliche to say, like, well, it's a parent, but it does hit different now that we, at least now that I'm a parent, I'm sure it probably feels the same way for you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I watched this 
movie before I was a parent. And actually, this is the first time I've watched it since becoming a parent. And yeah, it definitely hits differently. Like first thing I did after that was look over at my son and like, you know, or our son, I should say. (laughs) And, uh, you know, just looking at him playing and thinking like, thank God that he's okay and everything's fine. Yeah. Makes you grateful for what you have. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, so I guess like beyond that, the other things were just some like gross out moments, but like what specifically? We want to go right into that, yeah. like just skipping right through. Okay, Let's obviously, do it. I well, I have right here in my notes, in parentheses in all capital letters, defecating, <laughs> um, and that's because he gets like clean off of heroin or whatever, mm-hmm. and then needs like. He gets a suppository of some sort of thing that, like, tied him over, basically, right? Yeah, it's an opium suppository. But because he's going off of the heroin at the time, mm-hmm. he is not constipated and, in fact, has to go to the bathroom really bad after he's already shoved it up his bum. Yeah. So he ends up diving into the toilet. Now, I I was actually on the brink of gagging when he was, like, about to, like, dunk his head in the toilet. And then, like, all of a sudden, his whole body, like, slithers in and it turns into, like, a, an allegorical... I don't even know if that's metaphorical. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know English literature or whatever the heck. anything. I don't know anything about anything. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's portrayed how he sees it in his mind, basically. Yeah. And that, like, saved me from gagging, is all I'm going to say. Like, that was enough to, like, pull me back in to, like, make me, like, not... Super grossed out. Well, I have a similar story, similar experience happened to me. So, um, for... What? He kind of, sort of. Um, so for anyone that's listening that doesn't know, I am in recovery. I am a former heroin addict who has been clean for about four years now. Um, and there was a time when I was, uh, still using... And uh, one thing you're not supposed to do is use Suboxone, which is a medication used to get people off of opiates. You shouldn't use Suboxone when you are, like, coming off of heroin or if you still have opiates in your system because it'll send you into instant withdrawal. I did not know this at the time, so I thought that it would get me high in place of heroin. And it sent me into the worst withdrawal of my life. And uh, it was the first time I had ever shit my pants as an adult. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. I mean, thank you. I mean, actually, like, thank you for sharing, but (laughs) that's, yeah, that's. Well, it's just every time I see that scene, like, after having lived that, I'm just like, wow, they really portrayed it well. And that's the thing about this movie is that it, it really is a very, I would say, accurate portrayal of what heroin addiction is like. That was actually what your summary was, right? Your summary was verbatim, a pretty accurate depiction of what. Um, opiate addiction is like yeah yeah also i need to correct myself because in the beginning of this podcast i said that this movie was made in 1996 uh according to paramount plus it was made in 1999 so my bad (laughs) don't say we never fact check ourselves yeah um you know i liked like kind of just circling back so we've talked about a little bit about um the fact that you think this is a very like accurate depiction of heroin addiction and i think that that is something that will bear out more discussion. Yeah. And we talked about what's, um, you know, disgusting, obviously, and what's kind of abhorrent in this movie, because there's quite a bit of that. Yep. Um, they are not shy about the poop at all. I the One quote stuck out to me that I wrote down, actually, here was, who needs reason when you've got heroin? 
I thought that was like extremely poignant. I mean, not just for heroin, but you can replace heroin with any any addictive substance. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, and then in the beginning when he's saying, you know, choose life, choose a big TV, choose a family, you know, choose a car, like, you know, he lists off all of these things that he, I'm assuming, hopes to have once he gets off of heroin or just something or things that, you know, most people who aren't addicted have. Um, yeah, the know, way that read to me was just like regular people stuff. Yeah, like, it just rings so true because when you're in the throes of active addiction, the simplest of things like making sure you have clean clothes like it goes out the window the only thing that you are concerned with as an active user is i want more how am i going to get money to get more so Mm. yeah and you like you know just a little bit more about your background here like you are like a substance abuse counselor i am yes i uh actually work directly with people who are opiate addicts um i work at a methadone clinic so I come in contact with people who are in recovery like myself and people who are also actively using. And uh, I do my best to help both. Mm. So, yeah, thanks, Ot. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, but, yeah, you, you have a background in this sort of thing. So you kind of, like, you understand a little bit more about how this is more of a realistic portrayal. And, yeah. like, especially of, like, you know, relapse and, and um, like, actually getting clean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they show them in the movie several times using and then getting clean and Mm -hmm. then going back to using and getting clean. And it's true. You know, it it takes many attempts for people to get clean. I mean, it took me three tries. Mm -hmm. You know, third time was the charm. Uh, And for many people, it takes a lot longer and a lot more tries. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean... One scene in particular that, like, really stood out to me as being, like, yeah, this is accurate, is um, there's a scene where Mark Renton, the lovely Ewan McGregor, um, is in a parking, like, not garage, but, like, a parking lot, but it's under a bridge, and he's, like, breaking into a car and stealing car batteries. And me and my ex, who uh, got me hooked, I shouldn't say got me hooked, introduced me to heroin, um, used to do the same thing. Allegedly. What do you mean allegedly? You, you never, no. There's no proof. Allegedly, none of these these quote unquote criminal activities quote unquote. <laughs> oh, I'm saying. Or, or, I see. You're saying don't implicate myself. Well, nothing to be implicated in because yeah. this is all a hypo- hypothetical. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, I hear that people are stealing carburetors all the time. Or is it catalytic carburetors? I think is what they're stealing. Or catalytic converters? Which one? I have no idea. I don't know. My friend's a mechanic, and he says, like, apparently that's a thing where they're doing now is they're they're putting their cars lower to the ground, like, slamming their cars. Have you ever see, like, a car that's lowered? Yeah. We're getting on a real tangent now, but they, they're lowering their cars when they have, like, their nicer, modern cars or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that crackheads can't steal the catalytic converters or carburetors or... I don't know cars either. I told you I don't know anything about anything, so <laughs> don't take whatever I'm saying here as law or even as like yeah even as fact or like take it as like hearsay mixed with rumor (laughs) um so yeah i actually like the whole sequence there like he does get clean a few times like i have a note i wrote here that um they like he has an extreme amount of preparation to get clean 
mm-hmm. only for that all to go down the drain completely. Like, literally, he goes down the drain, too. Yeah. Um, and obviously that leads to nothing. Um, well, he's clean for a little while. Yeah, but he Well, gets- clean, quote-unquote. He's still using, like, amphetamines and drinking. Yeah. Clean. Mm-hmm. Temporarily, though, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's kind of, And I think, like, he does get back and forth clean and, 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 um, and addicted again. But I think the other thing we're missing here in this discussion is their friends. Yeah. Their friend group is, like, a, an extremely self-destructive group of people. Mm-hmm. That, like... I mean, through the course of the movie, they drag Tommy down with them, basically. Yeah. Tommy ends up dying. Yeah, and it's literally, I mean, if you think about it, it's Mark's fault because he's the one that switches the videotapes, which leads to Lizzie breaking up with him, which leads to Tommy getting depressed and wanting to try heroin, which leads to Tommy getting AIDS, which leads to Tommy dying. Oh, okay. So that, like, actually answers, that fills a bunch of holes. For me, because oh, okay. for, I, I knew that Lizzie, I knew that he had stolen Lizzie and um, Tommy's sex tape. Mm-hmm. I know that him and um, him and Sick Boy watched it together. I think. Mark and did, yeah. Yeah, Mark yeah. and Sick Boy watched it together. And then Lizzie freaked out. I remember that. I just didn't make the connection between that being the reason that he, like, was depressed and, like, ended up shooting up heroin with them and getting yeah. AIDS. <clears throat> so, yeah, I guess it is Mark's fault, basically. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time, that was a mutually self-destructive group of people. Like, okay, so if you want, do you want to give do like a rundown of like the the different characters in this friend group here? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, so we have Sick Boy. Mm-hmm. He's like the movie nerd, the Sean Connery guy all the time. He's like kind of awful. He is awful. <laughs> yeah, he's like Mr. Controversial like, take, but he's awful. Is that a controversial take? From people that I've talked to that have seen this movie, like, they tend to like Sick Boy's character, and I'm just like, mm. How do you like him? Just, I mean, I mean, I don't want to say like that, but he's, like, he's constantly quoting Sean Connery stuff, which I think is, like, his only redeeming quality. He shoots a dog, or no, actually, Mark shoots the dog in the ass. Yeah. But, um... I don't know, they just like his, like, he's got an answer for everything, you know, he doesn't take any responsibility, like... I don't know. They I just, don't. they just like his character. While we're talking about Sick Boy too, I don't see what was what changed, what died in Sick Boy that day. Did it like what do ma- you mean? When his son died, or when Dawn died, the baby, like, is apparently that was Sick Boy's son or daughter? I'm sorry. Allegedly. Well. They don't say for sure. They they. No, but assume. Mark says he knows who who's child that was. We all knew whose child that was because of who stood over the crib the longest. Yeah, but it's never like it's never no, but like confirmed. But he says part something died in Sick Boy that day, and I like didn't see what died in Sick Boy. Did it make him like a harder person? Basically, that yeah. Like, that like life where he's like I mean, because Sick Boy was always a joke. Then he tries to like I mean, he, there's still a joke by the end of the movie. Yeah. But he tries to be like a hard joke. Yeah. Um, Spud is just like the idiot. He's literally a potato. <laughs> he has funny hair. So his name suits him is what you're saying. His name suits him perfectly. <laughs> the guy like the guy's like a hapless like you yeah. know, not a bad guy. Like clearly it doesn't seem to be like a bad person. He's just like a victim and all this like more or less. He looks just like my ex who got me or who introduced me to heroin. Like Ooh. it's really 
It's weird, man. So you went from someone who looked like Spud to to, to you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but um, any, anyway, yeah, he's got funny hair. He is a dummy, basically, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with being like a lovable idiot. But he's the comic relief in the movie. Is he comic? I, I feel like that compared kinda, to the other characters, I think so. Yeah, I guess, but that kind of comedy ends up being tragic. You yeah. Because everybody in this movie is like a train wreck, basically. Yeah. Um, Tommy, mm-hmm. he's honest. He was the good boy, basically, right up until he wasn't. Right yeah. up until Mark basically his sex fucked tape him over. was leaked or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He's Mark. the most sympathetic of all the characters, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, he just, like, he literally, like, he gets wrecked, basically. Yeah. You know, like, the rest of them are, like, functioning addicts and, like, fu- like real, like, eccentrics, I guess I should say. Yeah, I guess you could but say that. But Tommy, like, was doing his thing, and then because of his friends, be- literally because of his friends, is a direct consequence of his friends that he was, that he liked. Yeah. And they say throughout the movie that, like, well, he's he's not a great guy, but like he's a mate. Yeah. Mate's a mate. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean notice how when Tommy is asking Mark about trying heroin, he doesn't say, "No, don't do that," or you know what I mean? He doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't try to dissuade him from his, you know, um his want, I guess, to Yeah, he's try not going to like stop Tommy from doing it. Yeah. And like if he was really I feel like he was if he was really Tommy's friend, he would have. But like again, Tommy's friends with a bunch of people who are like who needs reason when you got heroin? True. <laughs> so like all of a sudden Tommy's like, Hey, how is that stuff? And Mark's of course, like try some. Yeah. I'll cook up. Um So Mark obviously is our main our protagonist. Protagonist. Our protagonist. Yes. Um, he's vegetarian, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's apparently a thing. That's yeah. Cool, just kind of a throwaway thing, but good for him. He was ahead of the trends. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Mark. I think overall, he's the better Mark of the two Marks that you've watched so far. He certainly is. And like, if you <laughs> listen to Ren, I've done some thinking about Ren. And boy, howdy, we can revisit some of our thoughts on these movies maybe later on, like in the fullness of time. But Mark from Rent, ah, I was way too sympathetic with that guy. I didn't really realize, I guess, when I was watching it. Um, total aside, complete aside, Volcano Club kind of looked like a fun club in like a couple scenes. Yeah. Kind of looked like a fun place. Just saying. Almost reminds me of Marcella's, which we have not been to together yet. No, but just just saying. Uh, just for anyone listening, Marcella's is a gay club here in downtown Buffalo, and it is super fun. <laughs> Back to the characters, though. Mm-hmm. We like Mark, I think. Yeah. Um, Begbie. We can talk a little bit more about Mark later, but yeah, Begbie. So, Begbie. <laughs> I don't know why the guy kind of reminds me of Matthew McConaughey. That's the first thing that comes into my mind when I see Begbie. What? It's not Matthew McConaughey. But yeah, any, that's not- total, total aside. Anyway. Wow. Total, total <laughs> aside. Begbie. He's, like, the only one who's not a heroin addict. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, the most destructive character in the entire movie, basically. 
Yep. He's like the glue that keeps everybody like messed up. Yeah. Basically. Mm-hmm. He's like he's unbelievable. He talks he acts the way he acts in front of everybody's parents. Like at the dude's at, at um Tommy's funeral, like at when they're at the drinks, he like stands up and is like, I'm gonna get a fucking drinks. Uh yeah. He also insults Spud's mother when they're all at the like they're all celebrating after yes. Renton gets off, yes. basically. Um Unbelievable. Yeah, Begbie Begbie is like <clears throat> he's unapologetically himself, but like he's a bad person. So that's not a good thing that he's unapologetically himself because the person that he is is garbage. <laughs> he's a hothead. He's a hothead who likes to fight. And like honestly, he acts like he think he thinks he's, you know, number 1 basically. Yeah. He's Definitely. incredibly narcissistic. And you know, he basically gets what's coming to him more yeah. or less. Like I mean, he doesn't really get anything, but he gets you know, arrested at the end of the movie. I mean, the guy goes down for armed robbery because he had a robbed somebody or did shoplifting with a fake gun. Yeah. So yeah, it's armed robbery. Stupid. Yeah, he uh he robs a jewelry store, and he's led to believe that the pieces he steals are sterling silver, but they're in his words garbage, mm-hmm. like costume jewelry, basically. Yeah. So and was, I think it was gun. like fake, like like fake jewelry, basically not like super nice, like. And yeah, no like way, no, sterling, sterling silver is not worth, like, jack shit, isn't it? It may have been in the late 90s. I yeah. don't know. Okay. All right. So, Begbie is crazy. He's the wild card in the movie, basically. Mm-hmm. He throws everything for a loop and is, like, the glue that holds the whole shit sandwich together. You know who he reminds me of? Who? Charlie Kelly from Always Sunny. Yeah, kind of, but, like... Charlie Kelly, if Charlie Kelly was, like, irate. Well, yeah. I mean, they're two completely different characters, but they they hold the group together, and they're both, like, the wild card. Because, you know, sure. tra- like, Begbie's unpredictable, and so is Charlie. Sure. I've, I He's extremely unpredictable, extremely violent. Like, pulls his knife out multiple times. Yeah. Stabs Spud, who... Is a total spud and got stabbed. Well, he doesn't get stabbed. He no, he gets, gets cut because it's like he gets accidentally cut. It wasn't on purpose. No, but he was gonna break up the trying to break up the fight. Yeah, and his friend stabbed him. Well, I mean, uh, I you say, say accidental. I say, Bugby Begby yells. Bugby <laughs> Begby <laughs> yells. You you shouldn't have gotten in my way, basically. Yeah, but, like, stabbing implies, like, literally, like, an action of, like... He got slashed in his hand. Yes, I think slashed is a more... I don't know, like... I mean, what he did what he, what he did at the bar was stabbing. Yeah. He broke a bottle and then assaulted somebody with a broken bottle. I hate to say this, but... Reminds me... Begbie reminds me of some of my dad's stories from back in the day. From the Navy days, let's say. <laughs> um... Some, Shout out to some, my father-in-law. <laughs> yeah, who's a mild-mannered guy now. <laughs> but, and has been for many, many years. But back in the day, he used to uh, he used to be quite a hothead, I guess. Well, and we love you, Dad. We love him very much. But all I'm saying is that bar fights, heck of a thing. 
don't ever break a bottle and try to stab someone with it. That is assault. That is maybe attempted murder. That is not okay. Here's a question. It doesn't work for Begbie. Have you ever witnessed a bar fight? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, actually. Where? God. It was on Allen. Hmm. I don't not remember. Surprising. It had to be. It was either D, DBGBs or Nietzsche's outside of one of them. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I wasn't involved. I don't need to be involved. I'm good. Mm. Um, and pretty much any altercations like that. Yeah. I'm good. But, um, yeah, Begbie. Crazy motherfucker. <laughs> Diane. Yeah. Um, what do we say about Diane? What is there to say about Diane? I wrote that her and... Um, Ewan McGregor, the actors who play them both, are very attractive people. Mm-hmm. That was before I found out that Diane was, in fact, a high school student. <laughs> and therefore, a minor. Yes. And I guess that never is resolved, except for the fact that apparently he still, like, talks to Diane. He never, like, it never, like, breaks bad for him. No. No, yeah. It's fascinating, ne- I guess. There, yeah, there's never any resolution to that. It's just... She says, I'll call the police if you don't talk to me. And then he's like, okay. And then he continues to talk to her. And then the movie ends. Yeah. Like-, <laughs> like the last thing we hear from her is with love. Yep. I'm not pregnant, but thanks for asking. <laughs> oh, oh, go ahead. I go love ahead, that line. Um, well, fun fact about that actress. So have you ever heard of the movie Brave? The Disney movie? Yes. Okay. She is the voice of the main character merida i think is her name okay neat yeah i've never watched brave but that's on the list for like when the kid gets a little bit older yeah it's a great movie i wouldn't say it's on my list of like movies that we're going to cover in this podcast but it's definitely a good movie that we should watch um also if you are a fan of black mirror which you are kind of we've watched some black mirror yeah that show messes me up though i will say (laughs) yeah that show is a mind fuck but it's such a good show um, she is one of the lead characters in an episode that's called Hated in the Nation. Um, it's the episode where, spoiler alert, BT dubs, um, there's a bunch of, like, um, mechanical, like, robotic bees. Remember that episode? And they, like, bury into, like, your brain and kill you. Like, it's, it's, I'm not I don't watch this it. one. I'm good. Oh, it's so good, though. You should watch it. I'm good. Um, but anyway, yeah, she's in that episode, and she is fantastic. Um, her name is Kelly McDonald, and she is wonderful. Total aside as well. Hmm. I could listen to Scottish people talk all day long. Oh, right. Especially with subtitles. Like, yeah. my God. True pleasure. Um, Speaking of Scottish people, I just want to say, uh, we are, uh, we have... Not family members, but uh, so we are of Scottish descent, or I guess Rich's family is, and uh, we are part of the clan MacGillivray that is from Scotland, and we have some members of that clan that live over in Scotland, so shout out to our clan members in Scotland. Yeah, if anybody from the clan MacGillivray is listening, like, send me a message, tell your friends. So (laughs) nice of you, like, wow, thanks. Um, Yeah. Okay, so, kind of focusing back in on the actual, like, plot of the movie here. Yeah. About three quarters of the way through the movie, maybe, like, 20 minutes left. Mm-hmm. I had wrote, written down, this movie is no fun with three lines underneath it. You're not wrong. It gets to be fun towards the end, though. 
it's not necessarily a movie that's meant to be fun. It's more meant to be like, you know, dramatic and kind of like make you think. But it wasn't like a total, like, I guess what I'm saying is, is three lines underneath this movie is no fun mm-hmm. really says to me that I thought this movie was no fun. The ending, the last 20 minutes really saved it for me, I think. Yeah. And I, I say saved it, but like, yeah, picked up the tone for me and left me like not like really bummed out basically um what about it do you feel like made you feel that way so like mark going to london i think was like a very welcome change of pace in the movie Mm -hmm. um everybody following him to london and being a train wreck (laughs) was like great too i thought um i got a big kick out of his comment that in a thousand years from now there's going to be no guys and no girls just wankers (laughs) And and he's like and i can't wait basically Love it that feels line. That way now. I love that line. I think that is <laughs> excellent. Um, but Mark ultimately goes to London, like kind of unfucks his life, like gets things kind of together. Yeah. You know, he's at least he's at the point where at least he has a couple thousand pounds sterling in his bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, before it is two thousand dollars worth is stolen by his deadbeat roommate friends. Yep. Um to fund their heroin buy. Yep. So that they can then have Mark use heroin for, quote, one last time. Which, like, I was glad that that didn't show, like, him going immediately into, like, a relapse. Like, that showed he actually, like, did, he, like, had one hit and then, like, no, he took two hits, didn't he? Yeah. Two hits and then was, like, done, I guess. Well, do you understand why they wanted him to to do that? Yeah, they wanted to test the potency. Yeah. Yeah, to make sure it was worth being sold. That's why the guy goes into the room with, like that little toady guy that sits with his hands on his, on his, uh, under his butt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's all that guy was there for was to be like the person who gets injected. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, I'm not risking this shit in my body. You do it. You junkie. Basically, basically you got to prove what it's worth. And you know, um, that whole plot I thought really picked the movie up and like brought it towards like a very satisfying conclusion, which I thought, there was actually um well yeah i think i think part of the reason that because i agree with you like part of the reason i think we feel that way is because the characters that we thought were assholes basically got what was coming to them like there were the, the characters we were rooting for got like more of a positive resolution whereas like the characters that we were like wow these people suck they got fucked over yeah um hmm Yes, but even more than that, I felt that it was kind of just, you know, a realistic-ish, like, resolution to everything. Mark doing what he did, I thought, was completely justified. Oh, absolutely. And sensible. And leaving behind a little bit for Spud, I thought, was just like the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Spud had never wronged him. Like, they all got what was coming to them, but, like, not directly because of, like, Mark. Yeah. Like, Mark stealing, you know, stealing the money that they got from selling illegal drugs is, like, you know, standard whatever. Yeah. But um, Begbie breaking the hotel room to the point where he's arrested and probably ends up going back to jail for (laughs) 15 to 20 years because he just violated his, like release or whatever no he ran out like he's on the run from the cops he's wanted oh Oh, yeah yeah. so like they're gonna tack on whatever actually like 
assuming they like charge Begbie with everything relating to this crime that they just committed, he's mm-hmm. gonna do like Jesus, forty years to life or I don't know, twenty five to life I would assume. Yeah. The big bad drug dealers got their heroin. They got the money from the big bad drug dealers. Begbie got or sent back to jail probably or sent to jail probably. Mm-hmm. Spud got a little bit of cash for his troubles. Um, Mark got his two thousand dollars back plus like twelve grand or whatever looks like. Mm-hmm. And um fucking sick boy, he's fine. They walk the him and Spud walk out of the hotel. Yeah, with at their the end of the movie. With his like whores, basically. Was that who they were? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so Okay, that makes a lot more sense, actually, because I do remember them being in the beds in that hotel room. So Begbie destroys the room, gets end up, ends up getting sent upstate, <laughs> <laughs> up, up country. Um, He's probably gotten sent to fuck uh, to Siberia. Siberia? <laughs> I don't know. They're British. Yeah, I know. I'm just being a dumbass. No, they're not British. They're Scottish. Which are British people. What? Aaron... What? Okay, so the British Isles. Yeah. Right? That's. Am I stupid? Am the, I a dumb person? There's the island of Great Britain, mm-hmm. and then there's the island of Ireland, mm-hmm. and then there's like some other smaller islands in there too. Like Wales and. Wales is not an island. Oh. Wales is part, is a country on the island of Britain. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so dumb. So Britain has England, <laughs> Scotland, and Wales. Ireland has Ireland and Northern Ireland. Mm hmm. So, like, British, like, Scottish people are British people. Oh, my God. English people are British people, and so are Welsh people. And some Irish people are British people. I don't know why, but I always assumed that British only referred to people from England. Yeah, I think people from England would like it to be the case, too. <laughs> well, yeah, that's <laughs> why Brexit honest. is happening, right? I don't even know. That's a, that's a whole different podcast, honey. Hey. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not touching that with a 20-foot pole. All right. So, I have some trivia questions for you. Okay. Number one, what is the name of Dawn's mother? Dawn's mother? Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she? Close. You want to give another guess? Angela? No. No. Okay. Allison. Allison, okay. Yep. Number two, what is the name of the place where they all go to shoot up? The, it is called the, he go, he's, he's the, um, Mother Superior, so it's Mother Superiors. Yes, correct. Good job. hmm Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Number three, how many cans of tomato soup did he get to come off of heroin? Twelve. Close. Ten. Correct. He also grabbed a bunch of like condensed cream of mushroom soup to eat cold five cans i believe Ugh. yeah that's gnarly right Ugh. i like cream of mushroom soup but not like that not cold. yikes Mm-mm. okay what were spud and mark drinking before their job interview what were they drinking mm-hmm. vodka Mm-mm. when they're like sitting at the diner beforehand Malt liquor? I don't know. Mm-mm. They Beers? Were doing, no, no, nothing alcoholic. Huh. Mm-hmm. I have no clue. 
Oh, they were drinking a strawberry milkshake with two huh. straws. Then they, did, then they went and did coke, or was that after they, before they had done coke? It was after? at the same time. They were finishing mm -hmm. up their milkshake, and then um, Mark pulls out what I assume is coke. He says it's speed, but it looks like cocaine because it's like powder. That confused me because I literally don't know. Yeah. I, I like, mean, I thought it looked like cocaine, but I, he said amphetamine. So is cocaine an amphetamine? Yes. Well, well it's I a think, stimulant. I don't know if I would classify it as an amphetamine. It's a stimulant. I defer to you. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. But yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. And then how much heroin did they sell at the end? It was like, it wasn't nine. I, that scale was like, what, almost a kilogram, right? Mm hmm. Was it like point nine nine or something like that? grams? It wasn't a to It wasn't one point oh k k like kg. I don't think right. So the scale was reading nine something nine nine something. So yeah, you're close. So they said that it was originally two kilos, mm -hmm. and then you got to account for the fact that like Mark, you know, used some of it and stuff. So. You're close. It was like 1.9 kilos. Oh, it was 1.9, so I was misreading things. Okay. You were like you were right on the right track though with the 0.99. Right. That so makes total I'll sense. I'll give you like half credit for that. <laughs> Fair enough. Thank you. You're welcome. So what's your rating? My rating, I would say I'm going to rate this as a 4.0. Really? Yeah, I actually liked it even though like 3 quarters of the movie and I was thinking this is no fun at all. Mhm. Mm um the ending really saved it for me. Mark taking the money and like running away from his train wrecks of friends. Those are the trains that he needed spotting, dude. Those those, <laughs> those people those people were all train wrecks, and he was yeah. better off getting away from them. And I hope you would be able to. There is train spotting too, so who knows? I bet running away from everybody doesn't work out for him that well in train spotting too. I actually don't know. I haven't seen train spotting too. But I know I only know that there is a train spotting too because we searched for it on the streaming service. Yeah. So. Um, I will say from a counselor perspective and just from a uh, person in recovery perspective, mistake number one that Mark made when he was trying to get clean was staying in contact with all of those people. Like, I really can't emphasize enough. Like, if you're trying to get clean. The first thing you need to do is cut every single person who uses out of your life, as painful as it might be, like, or, you know, if it's possible, obviously, it's, if it's somebody that lives with you, it might be a little more complicated, but like, everybody who's easily detachable because they're using or like, just because they're not that close to you, cut those people off, just delete their number, you know, block them, change your phone number, just get rid of those people. Um, because as it, as it's shown in the movie, staying in contact with those people leads to bad decisions. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they consistently say that they're mates. And yeah. because they're mates, it is what it is. Right up until Mark is like, my mates are literally like, being we're being held hostage basically by the psychopath because that's where they were all at at that point they were yeah. in a hotel room literally being held hostage with the crazy man 
having the bag next to him while he slept. Yeah. While, like, him and Mark slept on the bed. Like, Mark was the only one who was, like, even willing to, like, fight for that. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. I mean, it just proves the point that, like, as, as close as you may be to somebody as, like, great a friend or, like, how long of a friendship you may have had with somebody, like, if they're a toxic person, you have every right to completely cut them off. Like, your mental health and, like, your even physical health in this case, like, matters so much more. I don't know if it's, like, I don't know if this is a movie I'm going to draw, like, those kind of lessons from, but I would say, like, it worked for Mark. I think that was the right play for Mark in the moment. 100% to get out of that situation with Burn Begby. Had to get away from that guy. Yeah. Period. Best decision he made. And so so did Spud and so did Sick Boy. They had to get away from that guy. He was crazy. Yeah. And I think that at least was totally worth it. Plus, he made some cash. So, remains to be seen in Trading Spotting 2. Yeah. But, yeah, 4.0. Okay. I think this movie was really good, actually, on the whole. Very sad. A little bit of gross-out moments, but extremely (laughs) sad with, like, the the deceased baby. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Thanks for uh, suggesting this movie. You're welcome. It was a good one. Thanks. It's one I've been like definitely meaning to watch for a long time. I'm glad you finally did. Mm-hmm. Likewise. Um, yeah. I mean, I recommend anybody who knows somebody who's in active addiction or who's in active addiction themselves, maybe. Or, I don't know, anybody who's interested in kind of getting a like pretty realistic glimpse into heroin addiction, I recommend watch this movie. I have one more question. Yeah. Why is this movie called Train Spotting? Is it because his bedroom, his childhood bedroom was filled with trains and he... No. Um, oh, shit. I don't know off the top of my head, to be honest with you. We'll have to look it up and come back to you guys next uh, next couple of weeks with an answer. Yeah, next episode I will have an answer as to why it's called Train Spotting. Um, in the meantime, uh, you can do your own research, but... Definitely, but speaking of next episode... Um, yeah. It'll be my pick. Mm-hmm. And... Um, what was that pick gonna be? I don't know. What were you? Didn't you say some Mel Gibson movie? Okay, so we have the choice. Basically, uh, let's just say let's. It's a choice between Braveheart and The Patriot. Two movies which I think are extremely similar in a lot of ways. So we're gonna ask you guys, our listeners, to vote. On which movie should be the next pick. Yeah, which Mel Gibson movie do you want to see us watch? I, sorry folks, like, people, I know Mel Gibson is like, maybe not like, a persona non grata. Yeah, sure. He, I, like, I know, but I have a soft spot for Braveheart and the Patriot. I definitely do. I got a soft spot for these movies. I mean, I trust your judgment on her, but. You probably hate them. I recommended we watch Top Gun, and we got about 30 minutes in before she couldn't handle, like... Oh, my God. No, no. She just couldn't handle Tom Cruise and the... Were you you upset about the homoerotic action between him and, like... Like, at that point, it's like, just fuck already. Like, honestly. Jeez. (laughs) Honestly, I'm sorry. That's all I got was, like... They are fuck the enemy up in their airplane. (sighs) 
No, I can't. On the highway to the danger zone. I couldn't focus on any of the the um, we, aerial plot at we all. We will definitely have to revisit Top Gun oh, as no. a special later on. Mm. But in the meantime, we are going to do a poll. Um, which Mel Gibson classic do you want to see? Braveheart, The Patriot, or God, we could even do The Passion of the Christ if we want to. Oh, no. no we're, not, we're not throwing The Passion of the Christ. Maybe no. maybe that'll be an Easter special or something. <laughs> is, that, is that sacrilege? I, I really shouldn't be an laughing. An Easter special. We watched that in school for Easter, I think. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Shout out to Miss Terpek Andres, principal of Canisius High School. <laughs> Great religion teacher. We got to watch The Passion. That is so inappropriate, but okay. You say inappropriate. I say educational. Okay. Do you know that Jesus died for our sins? <laughs> anyway, Allegedly. Mel Gibson directed a movie about it. Oh. Well, well, the story of Jesus is actually based on a Mel Gibson movie. <laughs> <laughs> called The Passion. <laughs> we have We have got to end this podcast. Okay, so are we really adding passion to the choices? No, we're not adding the passion. Maybe for Easter next year. (laughs) (laughs) This joke has gone on long enough. Okay, so the choices are the Patriot or... Braveheart. Braveheart. Yeah, one's a Scottish... Scottish uh, Mel Gibson goes nuts and fights the English versus American Mel Gibson goes nuts and fights the English. And also, like, he has, like, you know, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Maybe if we watch The Patriot. Okay. So, yeah. Um, go on our Facebook page. We're going to put the poll up on our Facebook page. And uh, we will have a next episode for you in a couple weeks. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening to episode four of the Spouse Selection Podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I'm Aaron. And I'm Rich. And uh, we will see you guys on the next one. Um, in the meantime, feel free to leave us a comment and, uh, you know, a five star on Apple iTunes. And uh, like or I like said, a one star if you like. I mean, I guess if like you that. fucking hate us, you can just give us one, one star. But, but if you have like if you're going to give us a one star, like at least give us some constructive criticism. Yeah. Please. geez. Anyway. Why don't you like us? Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you guys again for listening. All right, thanks. Bye, guys. Bye.